Welcome to Odds and Ends with Dave Singh and Rob Friesen. This is a Stock Odds podcast to help you get ready for the week and help us get bearings on how we're going to trade for the weeks. So how are you, are you, you feeling Rob? better? Are you feeling better out there? What's going on? I'm better. My w- weather's getting better. It's warmer. My voice is coming back. So all good. <laughs> okay. Well, not a, not all good with the world completely, but uh, in your corner, it's all right. Sorry, right, California. Good for us great. on the uh, seasonality uh, front here. Yeah, I mean, so we're approaching the, the final um, bit of February here. It's the last five trading days of the month, four days this week, and then one day come next week. But um, we have such a big macro theme going on, the Russia-Ukraine situation. But let's first look at what would typically happen towards the end of February, and then you can layer on the macro and the geopolitical risks. <clears throat> but um, the last five trading days of the month, um, there are some stocks that are expected to do better typically and they're kind of the risk on stuff and even some of the meme stocks GameStop, CRISPR, Enphase, um, Square so those are some of the risk on uh, high beta plays that would typically play out and some of the things that would typically sell off are gold so GDXJ, GDX, XOP, some of the ARC funds so that would be a typical um, seasonality for the last five days of, of, of February. <clears throat> and then also some of the sectors within, um, like relative performance. Small caps would do worse than the spider. Um, the Qs, NASDAQ stuff should do slightly worse than the spider as well. And um, things like chips might do slightly better. But it's nothing clear cut. It's not like um, certain sectors are expected to vastly outperform the index. Um, so it's kind of a mixed result there, but a little bit of a um, high beta play risk on or um, sell off in gold. And that's kind of contra- counter to what we're seeing right now the past couple of days and set up for this week because this Russia-Ukraine thing is really overriding. So how do you how do you see over uh, from your perch uh, on the geopolitical risk, Rob? Well, I mean, we've had we've had this before. Um... You know, it doesn't happen all the time, but we do have where macro themes override seasonality. Um, One example was um, pretty much from September until November. That was supposed to be a fairly weak uh, season for oil. Um, Historically, that's not when oil performs its best. But because of the uh, demand shock that uh, started to come back in after the, you know, the lockdowns and stuff, globally and a lot of production was taken offline Um, and then um, supply chain disruption and and so on then we had other things like the pipeline hack and you know it just it just storms and you know things sometimes you get like perfect storms where there's a lot of contributing factors Um, but right now of course um, you know the macro is geopolitical and war and so, you know, um, oil is going to respond to that naturally. Uh, gold is going to respond. So, so there was some, you know, banter about gold not performing super well as we're facing interest rate hikes. Um, but, um, you know, they have been accumulating it even before this event. And so I think there's just the uncertainty and the fact that uh, Bitcoin has been struggling to show itself as a flight to quality type thing, you know, uh, hedging uh, risk. It's it's shown up as more of a 
correlated risky asset with so many other risky assets. So, um, so there's no flight to quality there uh, per se. Maybe tomorrow's different. We'll, we'll I'll take a look. Uh, I haven't even checked to see how things are going in the crypto space at the moment. But um, well, let's just do a quick check. Well, it looks like Bitcoin's off 7.26% as we speak. Um, Ethereum is um, also down 7.83%. So, so, you know, they're taking it on the chin just as well. Um, but back to our futures. Um, so let me just run through where we're at right now. Um, so the Dow uh, futures are off. Uh, 513, um, so 1.51%. The S&P 500 is off 76 uh, points, 1.76%. Uh, NASDAQ is uh, a little bit more interesting than the other two, only because they're coming up to their uh, lows uh, from January. But the NASDAQ 100, which is now down 2.45% or 343 points, is actually below its January low. So we're really into a, a big air pocket uh, here. Russell is still quite a bit above its January low, um, and that is down 1.9% or 38 points. Um, when looking at uh, the Nikkei, uh, that's coming up to its... Uh, a support level from um, January, so it's not quite to its low. Uh, the DAX, on the other hand, is into a massive air pocket, almost one year, uh, you know, in the making here. So we've broken down. So I think there would be, because of the support level we were on before this event, um, I think there's some DAX traders that would be uh, caught on that. And then we have volatility spiking 5.69%. We're back up just under 30 now. So um, definitely, um, you know, a cause for concern. If we go to the metals, uh, we do see gold up 11.6 um, for 0.61%. Uh, silver's up 0.72. Uh, platinum 1.13. Um, when we go to the currencies, we see the U.S. dollar up slightly, 0.17. Um, so, uh, you know, what was interesting for me is on Friday, you know, looking at all the news and kind of just thinking through things. And I, I went and said to my wife, I said, uh, I would wager that um, Putin will, um, you know, make a move into the Ukraine in whatever capacity um, he would probably move in after the Olympics, after the ceremony, uh, or right up to uh, the end of President's Day, um, which would be kind of ironic that it's uh, moving in on President's Day just to poke at uh, Biden a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I went uh, on Friday then talking to her and uh, Voicing my opinion, I went and did something about it as well. I took uh, gold uh, long over the weekend and um, some defense contractor and also um, shorted uh, the NASDAQ 100, the Russell and the S&P. So I've um, pretty much short all those guys. So it should be a, a nice start to the day tomorrow. We'll see how 
things play out and there may be there may be a bounce uh who knows um but i have a question this is not surprising so like the last two weeks the market has a, had a chance to digest the possibility of invasion right so it's been going on for two weeks now we've seen some sell-off in advance of that and today is like the most closest to that but has it already digested that news and we're no I, I, if i if i look at it this way um i think I think most people thought that the uh, Ukraine was a, you know, a little bit of kind of trying to get some extra benefit out of this, um, maybe crying wolf a little bit. And I think um, there was enough sort of banter that, uh, you know, the U.S. intelligence wasn't super reliable on, on this subject, you know. So I, I think there was enough banter, enough talking heads that, that uh, kind of put forward that there probably wasn't going to be an invasion. It was all more, you know, sort of staged for putting pressure, you know, on on um, this whole NATO thing, not, you know, so that Ukraine wouldn't become a part of NATO and all that, right? Um, but you know, when you look at, when you push yourself back from all that and you just think about it and go, someone that moves that amount of troops completely surrounding, you know, all the available border, um, and then you already have, you know, you already have your sort of insurgents, you know, in part of the Ukraine anyway, um, it just, it just makes sense that you wouldn't go to all that trouble unless you were willing to back it up with an actual progressive entry into the Ukraine. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I think, you know, I, th I do think some people are surprised, but I, I just, I don't know. I've, I don't know. I've been, I've been in this business a long time. I've seen Putin do a few things through the years. So, um, you know, when I started trading, it was just after the Afghanistan thing, right? So. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I've seen seen a lot of things, but anyway, um, so we have to expect that even if we get a bounce back on the market, if this thing is not <laughs> retracted, meaning that he, they don't turn all those troops around and can go back out and say, okay, you know, we we agree to some uh, negotiations. <laughs> Um, we're going to be, you know, bouncing around, and and the markets have potential to 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 go lower. Um, you know, it may be that oil continues to to move higher because we're in a we're in a backwardation uh, of oil. Do you remember? You remember the contango we had in uh, April of 2020? You remember April? Remember the May contract? We went negative, right? Yeah, went negative so, the first time. First time. Yeah, well, that was that was contango. We had such a massive mm -hmm. problem there. Now we've got the opposite, which is backwardation. So I, I'm kind of curious whether, um, and it's the most extreme it's been in in a long mm -hmm. time. So I'm wondering if we're not going to get a a super spike. Um, so like I, I think the upward targets might be 150 a barrel, but you know what if the, what if just like the uh, negative shocked and we went to, yeah. to you know minus what 35 a barrel or whatever it was. <laughs> I mean, what if we what if we had a super spike that was went up to two, 200 or two, 250? Like a reverse flash crash. You know, <laughs> uh, so that wouldn't surprise me at all either. I mean, you get 
you get old enough, nothing surprises you anymore. But um, so yeah, so I wouldn't um, I wouldn't tackle you know shorts on oil. I wouldn't tackle shorts on gold um, as of yet anyway. Um, kind of let those play out. So you know when you when you have something that's supposed to be seasonal and and gold's supposed to be kind of backing off and you get a catalyst that comes along to override that then you you know you really have to allow it to to breathe and and not argue with it right so what that's are, what are some of the sectors though given i mean typically like utilities and staples would be things you grab well you would want to be you'd want to be more defensive so like like for example the mark if the market's down already 500 points on the dow uh, futures then you know probably most most sectors and, and industries are going to be red tomorrow other than potentially mm -hmm. the the gold or the some of the industrials like the defense contractors and you know possibly um well, I, th I mean, I think utilities would be more defensive, but they would still might they still might be down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, it, if you're trying to do baskets, you want to have long and short ideas, and the, the the whole goal is to have your shorts move down more than your longs. So, what kind of longs do you need to have in there? Mm -hmm. um, so, things that are defensive, so staples, commodities, know, yeah, yeah, some some commodity related staple, consumer staples. Um, you would want uh, utilities potentially. Um, and the things that are going to be risky are things that are, again, very sensitive to a risk off approach. Um, they're speculative, you know, the prospects for financing or diminishing in this type of um, situation with rising interest rates, you know, um, taper, um, now we've got, you know, global risk where people will just pull back and not take much risk, right? Like, why would you want to stick your neck out when things are uncertain? Mm -hmm. You know, why wouldn't you just go to cash? So, so if they're not going to be able to pull those investors back in yet, then there's more room on the downside. Mm -hmm. you know, um, China's certainly going to be facing this. Uh, you got to be cautious about, you know, making sure you, you know, you know what you're doing with the China stocks because, We've still got a massive real estate problem there, and we also have still the onslaught against fintech and technology there. Um, so, like for example, an investigation into all the parties that are related to the ant thing with Jack Ma. Um, you know, it's it's not over in China as far as the downside, and that's going to you know play into things as well so if you're if you're moving to cash it's like when do you want to redeploy that cash like what does the world like look like for you to be able to redeploy it mm -hmm. now we could still have bad news and you could redeploy um but like we just had this russian invasion of ukraine so that's that's actually happening now right mm -hmm. it was it was you know, we were already nervous about it, but it hadn't happened. Now it's happened. So I think it has to work itself out here. Um, how much does the U.S. get involved? I don't know. How much does, you know, those Ukraine you know, supporters? I mean, because there's a lot of pro-West, you know, um, 
political uh, situation in the Ukraine. I mean, so uh, who's going to come to their support? You know, um, we don't know how this is going to play out, right? We just don't. You know. So um, I'm I'm going to be looking at for tomorrow morning um, and possibly for this whole week. Uh, which is a compressed week, as we know. Uh, so there's a lot going to happen in four days. And then the last trading day of the month is a Monday. Um, and a, a lot of the things are, are, you know, not supposed to be performing that well in February seasonality anyway. Like it, when you, when I ask you, what's, what's the weakest groups, what's the strongest groups, what can you tell me? Uh, the weakest well, groups. Yeah, IWM was um, so the small caps were weak, but the, the, even the S and P 500 was supposed to be to be weak. So most right. sectors were close to that. Some were worse. I mean, technology so that's a, was that's a, little a little situation. Worse. That's a situation where we already had not a not a robust environment for the end of February seasonality. Okay, mm -hmm. with our major markets, and now we're adding this to that. Right, yeah. so. So I expect that, you know, we don't really have some great arguments to bounce up and have a risk on appetite right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's going to be stay on the sidelines, um, stay in cash, you know, or move defensive or hedge, you know, things like that. So um, I'd like to, you know, be long the commodities, uh, long um, gold and, and oil. Um, and these are obvious trades, obviously. They're, it's obvious, <laughs> obvious, obviously. <laughs> you know, and, and you know what? You, you, can make, you can make money from the obvious because things can trend a lot farther than you expect. I think you were mentioning to me the other day, right? It's like you've seen a lot of persistence of, of, of these trends, like... Yeah, I've been watching a lot of pairs intraday and um, come midday, things that are out multiple standard deviations. With These are pairs within the same industry and same sector. But once they're trending out, they just continue that way throughout the entire day. They don't really mean revert. So this persistence of trend open to close <clears throat> um, can be exploited, I guess. Right. Um, and also be aware there's a, a fair amount of earnings this week. I think we have like Home Depot um, on Wednesday, I believe. Um, just check. Uh, but there's there's quite a few uh, earnings this week. We've got no. Well, actually, uh, before the open on Tuesday is Home Depot, so that's already tomorrow. We got after the close. We have Agilent, Toll Brothers, Palo Alto Networks, Range Resources, Mosaic, Caesars. Before they open, we have Hecla, Exelon, Home Depot. Wednesday, you've got Energy, Tiki, um, Booking.com after the market, Chesapeake. Uh, so, but there's a lot of earnings this week, and they're not, you know, they're not as predominant as some of the ones that come early in the um, earnings season, you know, such as the brokers and the banks and you know, some of your big techs, we've already passed that, but there's still a lot of others to report. So just keep that in mind. Check, check. So you know what's going on. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, the main thing is with, with, with dealing with these type of events, like, you know, if, if you, 
are unsure about how to be positioned in a sector or an industry, then you can just you know avoid it, right? And go into the ones that are going to be more forgiving. Um, like there's a couple utility stocks that have earnings this week, but other than that, it could be a good you know place to be kind of either long utilities or long and short some you know kind of a good hedging strategy to be long and short in utilities same thing with consumer staples same thing probably with some industrials but again some industries in that sector are going to be you know more desirable than others mm -hmm. right like i said defense contractors um I, you know i probably would let them breathe. I wouldn't want to necessarily be short. Um, so when you take your odds from stock odds and go in and, and do this, you know, again, the safest thing can be to take some long ideas and short ideas within electric utilities, long ideas and short ideas within gas utilities, um, long and short, you know, some telecommunication companies, long and short, some consumer staples, some food stuffs, things like that, right? Um, financials probably are okay. Let's just take a look at uh, what's happening in the bond world here before we go. Yeah, the 10-year was at like 1.9, just slightly lower. <clears throat> yeah, you know, we've had, we've had quite a Quite a strong move up here um, after. So we gapped up at around 6 p.m. So we're, we're holding up on the 30-year bond is up 0.88%, 10-year notes up 0.44, 5-year 0.21. So um, definitely a response there to the upside on the bonds. All right, well, um, let's call it a night here and get ready for tomorrow should be an interesting week it's going to be interesting for sure um you know it's uh when volatility increases just make sure that you if you're fishing for things like you want to put a spread on you know uh remember what's the hard side do that first and and you can you can fish like more uh, conservatively, like you don't have to be so aggressive because volatility is high. So let me give you an example. If the VIX is at 15, I might be, you know, three to five cents away from the NBBO trying to pick up maybe an outlier. But if the VIX is at 20, I might be seven to, you know, 13 cents. If the VIX is at 25, I might be, you know, anywhere from 17 to 27 cents if the vix is at 30 i might be even sitting at uh you know 30 or 40 cents away i had a number of uh, times last week where go to do a, a q's trade qqq nasdaq 100 and suddenly uh it moves you know 30 40 cents 50 cents one time literally i had just bought it and it moved in my favor 50 cents mm. i mean for for a big etf to to move like that is you know, kind of astounding. Normally you would have it move slowly, five cents at a time kind of thing up there. But um, so this is a factor of volatility. You have to give it more breathing room, pick your spots better, let things, you know, go both ways, right? Because, you know, we could be down, we could have a day down tomorrow where, 
maybe we open and we sell off further and we're down another 1100 points and then you reverse again, mm-hmm. right? You can have that. Um, so don't, don't get stubborn, allow more room. Remember things swing both ways when you have volatility and, you know, think about the type of stocks that are riskier, bad fundamentals, you know, not a time to be picking them up on, on a discount when we're in, in, you know, these kind of environments. Rather, you would, you would go, hey, if a good defensive group to be in is gapping down in sympathy with the market, that's what I want to buy. Mm-hmm. I want to buy the stuff that is good to own on a day like tomorrow. I want to buy it as it gaps down with the market, right? So think about that as, uh, you know, your high quality wish list, your defensive names, you know, lots lots to choose from there. But, uh, but you know, just think about when the market gaps down, not all things gap down with the equal odds of retracing. If you're in a company that has a P multiple of like 5,000 and, you know, it's got all kinds of problems, tomorrow isn't the day to be buying it at the open, right? But if a great utility stock that's very robust, low PE, has, you know, great earnings, great dividend, things like that, it gaps down. Yeah, I would I would definitely take it. But now the thing is, you still have to hedge because it could still slide a little bit more. It just won't slide as much as the other things. And that's the key, relative performance arbitrage. Okay? Good thoughts. All right. Good luck. All right, my friend. Good luck. Thanks. Bye-bye.